The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Last night's episode, I feel like, was a little different vibe than the other of the season. We've just been getting so much drama and so much information that this was kind of like back to normal. Although I want to say, by it wasn't bad at all. It no. Was, I was really interested, but it wasn't like juicy, I feel like. Right. We've gotten a lot of juicy stuff recently. Yeah. This was just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, oh, I enjoy this. Right. It was a lot of like behind the scenes. We got to see an interesting perspective, but by no means was it— um, we didn't get to see Tristan and Chloe's back and forth. Like, I was used to watching Chloe ignore Tristan's FaceTimes. Right, and then last week was Sophia, Scott, and Courtney. That's, that's the thing is, it's very hard to top. Any episode, even the Met Gala, couldn't necessarily top Courtney, Scott, and Sophia in a hot tub in Finland. Like, listen, they had big shoes to fill. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're pretty much never gonna— Exactly. So it's, it's not their fault. It was great. I just want to tell everyone, I wouldn't consider this riveting. I would more so consider it, like, interesting and a really happy pastime. Yeah, I love Good that. Good way to put it? Yeah, beautiful. Okay, as you guys know, we're going to go scene by scene. Um, I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm happy to be here. Are you? <laughs> yeah, Mom. We have a I'm lot of, ecstatic to be here. This is a, our first of three episodes today. Okay, let's start with scene one. They are in Kim's bedroom, and it's Kim, Chloe, and Chris. And, you know, the whole episode is really centered around the Met Gala. So we're hearing the prep, and... Chris is, well, first off, Kim is saying how she's wearing Mugler, and Chris is saying, you know, this that's what she wore in the 80s. That was like her uniform. And obviously, as you guys know, the theme was camp. And Chris is showing her, showing them her outfit. And Chloe and Kim are like, absolutely fucking not. But then I was a little confused. I felt like the only thing they decided on was like, you were just weren't wearing the bag. And they're like, thank God we showed this. And I was like, but you just ripped her apart and then only said the bag had to change. And they said something about the back of the dress. Right, right. And and I, my favorite part of that was when Kim was like, honestly, if I sent this to Kanye, he might have a heart attack. Yeah, I love that. And Chris is like, no, no, don't, don't, don't. That, that was, yeah, that, they were all like, no, 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 don't send it don't, to Kanye. Kanye. Like, it's so funny that that's become such a part of the narrative. You know what I mean? Like I Kanye's love it. fashion influence. Also, to be noted, they were sitting in Kim's bedroom, but her bathroom, you could see, was like right there. And I was just like, that is an ensuite bathroom like I've never fucking seen. As we're like prepping for this episode, I was like... <laughs> It was like, they were in their ba- in the bathroom, right? And I was like, no, they were in her room. But she was like, but it was near the bathroom. I was like, yeah, because it's in her bedroom and the bathroom. She's like, but you could see it, right? I want to talk about the bathroom. I'm like, just fucking talk about the bathroom. Yes, you can see it. They're in her room. You can obviously see the bathroom that's equally as big as her bedroom from her bedroom. All, all I think about is Kim's uh, bathroom. It's yeah, I think about it a hundred times a day. It is, so, it is hands down, I think, one of my favorite rooms in all of the Kardashian homes. I yeah, I fucking agree. Obviously, I put that up there with like Chris's closet. Truly, I really do. I love Kim's home. I do. I know it's unrealistic. I know the interior is just like 
insanely bland. I just think it's so chic and gorgeous. That, the exterior of her house, you cannot argue. No one has a more gorgeous exterior. That's what I said to you. I made Julie pause it last night because when they do that aerial shot kind of like of the grounds, it's really a spectacular property. It's gorgeous. It is so like pristine and beautiful. The outside of the house itself Oh my God, I can't. I could talk about it for hours. Because if the inside was a little more, and I get it for them. Like for them, it's perfect. I don't know. I mean, with four kids, the neutrality of that, the accents, I don't really get it. But like, if it works for them, fine. But if it was a little more homey, imagine that as like a real person's home. Oh my God. You know? It has to be unrealistic to be Kim and Kanye's home. Of course. It would feel weird if you walked in and it was just like overly homey and warm. I know. But even like if you compare it to Kylie's house, for example, Kylie's is equally as grand, but it's much more, in my opinion, livable. Well, Kylie's is also very young. Yeah. Kim and Kanye would never decorate with, like, condom art on the wall yeah. above a bar. It's very true. Although Chris, like, would. Chris would. Yeah. Chris would, totally would. Yeah. Kim and Kanye are much more, like, monastery chic. Yeah. Ooh. Should we, should we coin that? Yeah. I don't know if I made that up. I, I think it. somebody said it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Just a bit of my head. <laughs> okay, so then the first real scene, they're at um, one of the KKW photo shoots, and— it's the, you know, the whole episode kind of has a countdown until when Sam is born. So um, Sam's growing on you, isn't it? The name? It rolls right, right off, off the, the tongue. tongue. Right. It, there was no hesitation. It's not like when you say dream where you kind of have to think, is that right or true when you're still a Sam? Right off the tongue. Right off the tongue. No, you're right. They all do. They all fucking they, do. Yeah, they all do. It's true. So Tracy, their, her publicist, is obviously, you know, giving Kim kind of an update on everything that's going on. And— there's so much happening. Like we have the Met Gala in a couple of days. They have, she has a million photo shoots. Sam is about to be born. She's the baby with shower. The surrogate, yeah, the baby shower and you know interviews, whatever. And you can just see she is feeling really overwhelmed. And I think you know just, a law school. We forgot law school. Oh, law school. Oh my god. Keep in the back of your head throughout this entire episode, which if you watched, I'm sure you're going to agree. Like, I think what this episode really did that was better than a lot of the other ones is it really showed us just how much Kim has going on. Yeah. I mean, especially, this was like a especially busy week for her. Beyond. But I mean, just in general, the amount of things she even has to consider. The fact that Kim, and I know we talk about it all the time, but the fact that Kim juggles like, this entire empire, plus law school, plus having four kids, plus taking care of Kanye, which is a full-time job in and of itself. Yeah. It's really unbelievable. Oh, That girl is way more than 24 hours in a day. There's just no way. And also being such an integral member of her own family. Like, think about the role that she plays for the rest of the family. Right. In a lot of ways, I think that she doubles as Chris in terms of, like, being in, you know, making sure that everything's okay. Right. It's like when you see Kim just show up to one of Courtney's doctor's appointment or, like, go to get laser with her, it's like, how did she figure out even a second to be able to do that? No, it's really true. I think that that was my biggest takeaway from this entire episode. Like, wow, this woman, it was like J-Lo vibes. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so the next scene, they're at Kim's house, and again, she's planning this baby shower, and she's sitting there with Mindy Weiss, which I love a good Mindy Weiss cameo. Oh, my God. What a goddamn legend. It's like we hear her name all the time, and then when she comes on screen, it's like, I feel like home. Yeah. And, you're so right. You know? And did you see her with the Hermes perforated H crossbody? Oh, yes, yeah. I did. And I was oh like, my oh, God. Mindy. Mindy, my girl. Oh, oh, Mindy. I was with someone this weekend who is friends with her or whose husband is friends with her son. They went to college together. And, you know, so obviously Mindy did his wedding. And she was just saying that she is such a nice, like, person. Oh, my God. I, please. Like, we'd expect anything Everything less. we've heard is said that, but this was, like, a firsthand. We were just talking. She was like, yeah, oh, she's the best. That's our girl. That's our girl. Anyway, so her, the theme of Kim's shower is CBD, which, by the way, let the record state, 
I don't know, six to 12 months, I believe there's going to be some sort of Kim CBD line that she's oh, been. Oh, yeah. There's she's no been way fucking, there's not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's been, um, what's the thing with Pavlov? Not constructing us. Conditioning us. Conditioning, conditioning us. Conditioning us. Yeah. You know I what I mean? I guess you could use that there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the word that came for, to mind. I think foreshadowing would probably be yeah, a Yeah, but I feel bit. like she's getting us ready. It's, it's like osmosis. Oh, can we think of Kim. It's CBD. probably going to be, here's what I have to assume. It's probably going to be like a KKW makeup line that's like Sam's makeup line that's CBD infused. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Foiled your plan, Kim. Try and surprise us now, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, just she's sitting there and she's just talking about how she's, you know, so overwhelmed. And you see her get a notification like, oh my God, I have a Met Gala fitting right now. And you can just see she's, I feel like in this, in this whole episode and specifically in this scene, she's just feeling like I have more going on than I even realized I have going on. Right. Like who brings a fourth kid into the world under these kinds of stresses? She's really unbelievable. Yeah, I had a whole, I had so much, there's so many points where I want to talk about my individual moments where I was like, damn, we'll get yeah. into it, but yeah. Okay, next scene, it's her first Met Gala fitting that we see. And she's talking about the idea of the corset and how she had it like really, you know, obviously custom made. And it's unbelievable when you see her just in that corset, it really looks like it's like gravity Could defying. Could anybody morph their waist to look like that with a corset? Because I don't think mine would move like Listen, that. Listen, you got to have a good starting point, I guess. But if you've watched, have you, did you ever watch any of those like My Strange Addiction or like the documentaries of corseted women? I'm sure you have. Of course. When they, so a lot of these women wear it for like 22, tw- like 20 to 23 hours a day, like the real hardcore ones. It is unfucking believable. How do they do that? They just train their bodies. A lot of them view it as, a, as a, like a form of art. I watched a whole thing on it. It is fascinating. You have to really train it, you know? Wow. I know. Anyway, so she's saying, she's like, no one is going to believe that it's my waist. Meanwhile, like, what else are we supposed to believe? It's literally happening. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right, like, I, it's your waist and I, I can I, see it. Yeah, yeah like, I, I don't believe it, but I, I do. Yeah, like, there, there's no there's no way I could not believe it. You're not giving me another option. Yeah. <laughs> and as you guys know, um, she wore um, Euclid and she was saying that you know, her dad growing up always used to buy her Mugler perfume so that the whole thing feels like such a full circle moment. And I made Julie pause it and I like looked at her. I was like, that is so special. So special. It's so sweet. Like, it's like if I wore Gildan to the Met Gala. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, and so she's saying, she's like, the, she's like, the course it feels like, she's like, it doesn't hurt, but it feels like you're doing a crunch and you just can't get out of the crunch. And I'm like, that sounds like it hurts. Like, sounds like it definitely hurts. Because like, I've done a crunch before. You have? Yeah, once. And it's <laughs> painful. I hated it. Um, she said, she's like, the whole look, nothing is suppo- nothing about it is supposed to look natural. That was kind of what she was trying to convey. She's like, the theme is camp. I wanted to accentuate my body. I wanted to go all out. Like, by no means am I, am I striving for uh, normalcy. And I think people appreciated that she said that. For sure. I think the whole, the whole, I mean, listen, no matter what she does, she always gets shit for her. But when she walked out in the Met Gala, when it actually was happening, not just in this episode, and people saw her waist like that, like, Twitter exploded. It was like, Kim Kardashian, like, it's not real. It's not real. Like, all these things. She's like, I never meant for it to be realistic. It was never, my intention was exactly the opposite. For exactly. you guys to all understand that this is not a realistic body. Yeah. Solely because of the theme. It wasn't like she was doing a corset underneath a regular dress for, like, the Emmy red carpet. Right. Like, if you, listen, she's obviously in incredible shape. But if you look at her waist there versus, like, any normal red carpet, it's a totally different person. Yeah. Admittedly so. Different, That's a, different ball game we're dealing with Exactly. Here. Okay, so we're moving on to Courtney's house, and this was another narrative that happened. So <laughs> I, just, 
I just need to know if you guys had the same reaction. So they're sitting and it's Chloe and Courtney sitting on the bed. And Chloe says to her, you know, I think I'm going to retire my cookie jars. <laughs> we both gasped. Gasped. Without, not even like, not even like we looked at each other like, oh my God. We literally, it, it was like our natural reaction. We we're like, oh. And then immediately after, we're like, I can't believe we just gasped at Chloe retiring her cookie jars. Like, is, is that how much this is in our heads? Like, that- it's so in our heads that that's what I got Isabel as a housewarming gift for her apartment. Yeah, wow. With the Oreos. Yeah, that is a—see, that moment of us freaking out about Chloe saying that was such a vivid representation of our fascination and sort of, like, intense involvement with this family. Because there's only—I mean, listen— most people who watch and most people who are listening understand those cookie jars. It's not a reference that's so crazy and so obscure. But if I said to any random person that like has seen a couple of episodes or keeps up occasionally or just keeps up the big news, and I was like, Chloe's cookie jars, they'd be like, what? Yeah, I know. It's like it's like one of those things where you see a meme and you have to understand the original meme to even get that meme. Yeah. It's like you have to understand the cookie jars to even understand why that's such a huge moment. Oh, it's like a death in the family. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I was shocked about that one. Um, and then this is kind of what paints the, the narrative. So Courtney's assistant Megan walks in and she tells Courtney that she noticed that there was some cash missing from her wallet, like $700. And Courtney's like, I know that I threw it, you know, back into the bag. She's like, all I did was I gave $20 to the valet, which we didn't talk about this, but the first thought I had was like, to be a valet of a Kardashian, you know they tip well. Oh, my God. Well, think about it. Valet is typically $5.95, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> See those sad sides all over. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, and a normal person, let's say, tips the valet between, I would say, 2 and $6. Yeah, for Courtney, it's just easier to pull out a 20 Exactly. She probably doesn't have anything smaller. Exactly. And What's a five doing in Courtney Kardashian's wallet? Yeah, there's just no way. It's or like for a one. Kendall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Courtney's saying that, you know, it's not a coincidence this money is missing because there was an iPad missing too, and that there's people in and out of the house all day. And, you know, she trusts them, but something's not right, kind of, which we'll get into later what ends up happening. But it was just kind of an interesting thing to think about because I feel like in our minds, the secure the security at any Kardashian house is so like to a t- like no one is getting right. in there. It's bolt locked. And then you hear whether or not this was fabricated, the storyline or not. Like it does make you think of, wow, what happens if there was someone that wasn't in the typical protocol? Right. You know? Yeah. Because the amount of sensitive information in that home. Well, that's what I was thinking about was like the iPad is a really big deal. Think about what the, if my iPad got stolen, obviously it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, it's just an iPad. But for them to be hooked up to an iCloud and have all of this information, that's a really big deal. And I felt like for Courtney to just casually be like, you know what, yeah, there was an iPad missing too, so now it kind of makes sense. It's like, wouldn't you be more concerned about the iPad, not because of the physical iPad, but because of what is on it? That's what I'm saying. Unless they do something where maybe they have like those who are for the kids so they're not as tapped into everything else. I don't know. But yeah, that's my first thought. Okay, take us to the next scene where Kim is at the doctor. We're at Paul Crane's office, my favorite oh, place in the it's world. It's good to be home. <laughs> it does feel good to be home back at Paul's office. So she's there with the surrogate, and basically the baby is in breach, and they're talking about how hopefully by the time she delivers, the baby will have moved into the right position. And Dr. Paul Crane's is saying that he kind of can do this thing where they manually move the baby, right? And they hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time, and they're talking about it. So they're they're kind of going through their original birthing plan. They're like, you know what? Let's let's see what happens. We'll come back, and if it's not there, then we'll take care of it, and we'll, we'll figure it out. There's still a few days to go until the baby. And um, Kim's also saying about the surrogate that if uh, they're at the Met Gala and she goes into delivery, that Chloe's going to be there. Yeah. And Kim was kind of saying, I, I, as she's saying, and I was like, it, it makes sense. It's not like she was going to a random party and was like, if the baby comes, like, Chloe will be there. It's like, 
there was eight months of planning that went into the Met Gala. And it's like, if we have to have to be there in New York and can't be back to LA, at least Chloe can be there and then we'll fly back. And she would be back 12 hours later. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like Kim was saying, from the impression I got, it's not like Kim was saying like, oh, if she goes into labor, we'll just go to the Met Gala and come right back and she'll have the baby without us being there. It was kind of like, if it happens while we're there, at least we know Chloe's there. And she was also saying that Chloe was kind of hoping that it would happen because she yeah. wanted to like be the one to be there when the baby was. I know. It was so funny. Kim, Kim and Kanye would have been both so upset if they weren't there for that so moment. Upset. They would have, Yeah. It would have been really hard for them if they had to fly back and figure it out. I think that she would have felt, um, I think that she would have felt like a remaining sense of guilt, even though she shouldn't have. Like, I, there's zero part of me that feels like she should have felt guilty, but I feel like as a mom, she just would have carried that guilt with her. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If she was, even though it's literally not her fault, to miss child. the birth of your child. Again, not that it's her fault, but I think that she would have. My dad missed the birth of, my, of Emily. Why? He was getting a sandwich. <laughs> oh, but he was at the hospital and then like— He was at the hospital, he left to oh. get a sandwich, and then it like happened so quickly, my mom couldn't get in touch with him, and he came back, and, and she was born. No way! That's fucking hilarious. I was like, was it a good sandwich? She was like, amazing. <laughs> Tuna on rye. <laughs> That's, I can't believe that was your dad and not mine. I, if your dad had more than one kid, he would have missed one of them. If my mom didn't my have a C-section. Mom, my dad made it two for three. That's yeah, unbelievable. That's, he only got one sandwich while we were all being bored. Fucking <laughs> funny. I can't believe I just found that story right now. Um, okay, so the next scene is they're at Kim's baby shower, and Julie writes, Kylie makes her one contractually ob- obligated per- appearance. Exactly. We ne- we see Ki- Kylie maybe one to two times per episode as we decided. Our own thought is that when she has a billion dollars, she doesn't need the money from this. So it's like, I'll throw you guys a bone every once in a while. Right. I like when she just shows up. Yeah. So they're there, and we obviously saw this on social media, but it was this giant— you know what she was planning with Mindy in the in the earlier scenes showed us how it was going to be laid out. And it was basically this giant kind of semicircle— um, with a CBD bath and, I mean, sound bath and and meditative, all this. It was a really sweet kind of like calming baby shower. It's exactly what Kim needed. She just needed to feel calm before this baby came. Well, she made an interesting point, which was that she's like, I really was considering not having a baby shower, but she's like, because I don't have a baby growing inside of me, it's so important for my kids to see, you know, the cribs and the pacifiers and all the baby stuff. Like that's she almost made it seem like that was one of the reasons she did it. Whereas if she was actually pregnant, maybe she would have been like, fuck, this is too much. I think she probably, if she was actually pregnant, I think she probably would have just been like, this is unnecessary. But for I didn't even four. think of that as a, you yeah, know what I, mean? I think she had said it a while ago. I, when she had said it in the episode, it, it sounded familiar. But it, I mean, it makes sense because. It was so cute seeing the kids there. Like, it gave them an understanding of what was happening. It was really cute. North was there. P was there. They were writing, uh, like, the name suggestions on the board, and North writes her own. (laughs) Yeah, North writes North. We're like, okay, they're not, obviously. (laughs) I understand the thought process there. It was really cute. Chrissy Chrissy was there. Paris Hilton was there. I love seeing Paris and Kim interact. It's the best. There's nothing better. Wait, in a few scenes, we're going to talk about the music video. It is the best, isn't it? It's like, there's just something about it. There's something about seeing the two of them together. It's because of their history. It's unlike any other friendship. It's like, Larsa could never. For me, it's not even about the history. For me, it's just like how you are two, the definition of icons. Well, we said it last night. Well, we said it last night. We were like, Kim's an icon, but Paris was the original icon. Paris kind of like, to me, Paris coined the term icon. I still think of Paris. When I think who's more iconic, I truly, and I, you know, Obviously, it could not go yeah, hard for Kim. I still think Paris, just because of— They're I, iconic in different ways. Yeah. She represents—like, Paris represents what it meant to be. You know, people always talk about Kim, and we're going to talk about this, obviously, in the next episode of the Kardashian Recap, when we talk about the true Hollywood story. But the whole thing about Kim is, you know, she was famous for, quote, being famous. Like, that was her whole gimmick. Paris 
originated that. Paris literally made that a thing, that she was famous for being famous. She was just the icon of, like— She was the icon of the 2000s. Oh, my God. I mean, it's also the most classic situation, like Hotel Heiress. You know what I mean? If I think of a flip phone, I think of Paris in a club. Oh, my God. With a bedazzled case? Yeah. I mean, that's one. Paris is one. I would love to sit down with her. There's so much. Let's save that for the when we get into the music video because there's so many things Kim said. But anyway, um, it was really cute. Chloe was not into it. She like felt like it was some cult type of stuff. Chloe was me. Yeah, Chloe was so. I was there. First of all, I fucking love sound baths. I could do that shit all day. I was so Kim, and you were so Chloe. You were like, give me another glass of wine. I was so Chloe. Like, get over here and look at this shit. Yeah. What are they? What are they even doing? Yeah, she was not down. Um, I love when I love seeing Chloe and Kylie walking out with the babies on their hip. It just looks so right. Chloe and Kylie as moms together is my favorite mom duo. Yeah, I agree. I so agree. Of of the family. Because they're so fun. They're They're just fun moms. But also, like, they've always had such a connection, and I feel like for so many years, Chloe was a mom to Kylie. So then to see them both engage in the mother roles together simultaneously, it's very special. And True and Stormy are, like, the cutest little friends. I can't. I was thinking about this. Tell me. (laughs) You You know how we always say that Chloe is like the common denominator between everybody. Like it's it's either like Courtney and Chloe like like ganging up on Kim, or Kim and Chloe ganging up on Courtney. But it's never them ganging. That's how I feel about True Chicago and Stormy. Like it's always going to be either Stormy and True, or True and them, or like all three of them together. Like True is going to be the common denominator between them. That's so interesting. You think she's got got passed down? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a trait that's going to. I think they're always going to want Stormy. Stormy's really making a wave. Stormy and listen, you know, no one goes harder for Stormy. Stormy Mm -hmm. and Chicago are going to be like the two like icon like people who grow up to be like their moms but but true is always going to be the common denominator between them like yeah. the common like good presence yeah I'd love to see it okay next scene they're at Kim's house and it's Kim, Courtney, and Scott which I I love a good Kim, Courtney, and Scott scene amazing dynamic amazing dynamic I don't know Scott just comes in and everything just feels lighter it's yeah. just like everything gets better when Scott walks into a room it, it really does I just feel this like I truly believe that Oh my God, I feel this sense of kind of like lighthearted energy just swarm over me. I would love to tell 10 years ago me that everything gets better when Scott walks into a room. Yes, I would love to tell me watching the episode of him shoving down the the monies, you know what it I mean? Gets and then the waiter starts, it, it gets, gets better. better. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so she's saying, she's like, Paris Hilton sent me this song and it was like, you're so perfect for this, please be on it. The song is obviously my best friend's ass. And Kim's like, I was not planning on adding anything else to my plate. She literally, this music video is literally tomorrow. Um, But she says, quote, it'll be such a good tribute to the old days. And I love that that the show did this. They started showing all of these throwback videos from, you know, their club days and their paparazzi days and walking out of kids. Like, you know, all of that. me and you Insane, both were like right? we, we couldn't we couldn't even, we didn't even talk because we were just so kind of like fascinated by the screen. It's just also so interesting hearing Kim talk about it. She's like, I never traveled before I met Paris. Like we traveled the world together. We went to Ibiza. We went to every single club. And also, we never knew Kim as a club goer. By the time Keeping with the Kardashians started, she was past that phase. She was already like, I don't really drink. I don't really go out. But she, she was saying she was like, me and Paris used to go find the best club in every single city we went to, and we'd stay there till four o'clock in the morning. It seems like another life. For us, so I can't even imagine what it feels like—the old Hollywood nightclub days. But the thing is, that's still Paris. Yeah, and I mean that in the most positive way. It's not like, oh, Kim got her life together and Paris didn't. Paris has had her shit together for so long. She is, she yeah, is no the, Paris club going 
experience is part of having her life together. It's her brand. I mean, she she is. She has the, you know, the DJ residencies in Ibiza and she has all that stuff. Like that's part of her brand. But it's just so interesting how Kim has so outgrown it in Paris, if anything, has kind of just gotten into it even more. I have, like, Ibiza is one of those places where, I, like, it's not, like, a, a like a to-do for me. Like, I feel like a lot of people at our age are like, we have to go to Ibiza. Same, I've noticed But I, w- I would be like, I have to go to Ibiza and see Paris Hilton DJ. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a thing that I would want to well, do. Well, just because you know just it, for her. Because it's there. not going to last forever. No. Although I wonder how long she, she could keep it going. Kim says it in another, in another part. She's like, Paris looks the exact same. She has not, and she hasn't. She looks exactly the same as when she was on The Simple Life. Did you watch her go to bed with me video with Harper's? No. Her one, skin? It's re, that was recent, right? It was kind of recent. So she has, you should watch it. It's really good. You guys should watch it. It's, I think it was with Harper's. That's, I think they're the ones that do it. And it was showing her like skincare routine. And listen, she plugs a lot of her own products, which I honestly believe, who knows? She probably uses them. She loves her shit. Yeah. But she also has this um, light stim machine that she bought and she uses it. She goes so hard for her own skincare. I mean, it works. It really works. It's nice when you see people go hard for their skincare and see that it works. Yeah. Like there are some people that they're like, I go so hard for my skincare and it's like, okay, but it's not. Like, yeah. It's well, like, I don't notice I know. the difference. But it was also, it's not like, listen, she has the best doctors and she said that. She's like, but I also on my own time, like really yeah. do it. Anyway, um, so she, Connie comes in and he's listening to the song and he's like, yeah, it's good. But you know, we got to tell French Montana to do something on it. And like, the song's done. The song is like out. No, Kanye loves it though. Let's not downplay it. When no. Kanye says he's like, this is fire. We gotta get French Montana on this. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's funny. He's like giving suggestions and they're like, there's literally nothing there's we can nothing. do. There's nothing. It's it's done. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like Kanye, so Kim, Kanye. Kanye, Kim, Scott, and Courtney in Kim's kitchen listening to Paris Hilton's song and Kanye giving music advice. Like that is amazing. I love when Kanye gets excited. Like I love the idea of Kanye listening to a Paris Hilton song called My Best Friend's Ass about his wife and being like, this is fire. <laughs> it's like, what world are we living in, you know? It's a simulation. It's I told it you is. a million times. It is. Okay, so getting a photo-ready smile starts now. And luckily, it is easier than ever with clear aligners from Candid. So basically, Candid's aligners can help straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. And the treatment just takes like roughly six months on average. So the way it works is that an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan. They then show you a 3D preview so you can kind of see how your teeth will look like after the whole thing is done. And the thing with their aligners, they're comfortable, removable, completely invisible. So Candid then ships the aligners directly to you. There's no hassle of having to like go to the orthodontist's office and getting all that stuff done. Not at all. It comes right to your house. And Candid costs 65% less than braces. Also, this is my favorite part about it, with each aligner purchased, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. So get your photo-ready smile by the holidays. Go to candidco.com slash CBC and use code CBC to get $75 off. That's candidco.com slash CBC, code CBC for $75 off. Again, that's candidco.com slash CBC, code CBC. Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, there are two things you probably know about me. The first is that I am a diehard OG Skims fan. Like there have literally been times where we've had to pause a recording because a certain product dropped that I needed to buy. And second of all, you know, historically, I kind of just never wear a bra. So what we're talking about here is kind of merging those two things. Because listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm never going to be a daily bra wear. It's just not in the cars for me. Never has been, never will be. However, there's recently been more events and I've kind of had a lot of weddings and just 
There are some times you got to wear a bra. And when I tell you, Skims is changing the game for me because that same comfort that I talk about with the underwear or the loungewear, they did that with the bras. And recently in the past month, I've worn the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra and the no-show balconette bra. I had to wear that one to a wedding under a dress. And like, it was the first time in my life where number one, I wasn't miserable. And second of all, I didn't come home and just like immediately want to take it off, which I'm telling you is a foreign concept for me. They're just so comfortable. It's like, I really felt like I was wearing nothing. I'm, I'm such a fan of everything that they make. So I guess it makes total sense that I love the bras, but like, I'm telling you, you will have the same experience. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. Definitely do that. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, next scene, they're at Courtney's house and it's Courtney, Chloe, and Steph. I fucking love when we get Steph on screen. We haven't seen her in a little while. We gotta get her more. More, she's such more, a good, Steph, more Steph airtime, please. She's such a good addition. So tell them what she starts with. So, oh, so they, so it, they're all getting makeup done. Like they're in Courtney's house and Steph is talking. And she's like, it's such an iconic moment. It's burned in my brain. It's like iconic TV moment. I'm like, what are you guys, what are you gals talking, <laughs> what are you gals chatting about? And then Courtney, and then Chloe says like, I know, like I just literally watched you pull him out. Like it's so, it was iconic. Like it's burned in my brain forever. And I was like, when Courtney pulled out Mason. And the thing is, that's crazy about that is like, yes, it is such an iconic TV moment. But it's funny to me that their normal conversations are about like iconic things that happen in the show also. You always say that. It's so I just true. love it. It's like a, it's like a, when you're watching a movie and they say the, t- the title, like it's a to t- t- I can't say the word, but um, like it's like a, it's like a coming together moment. What do you look, what t- was the t- word t- you're looking t- for? T- like when you say the title in a, in a movie. Oh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it either. It's, I, it's, it's a word that you think you'd be able to pronounce. And as soon as you start saying, it's like, why can't my tongue yeah, do that? No, you know what? I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Terrence? <laughs> Titular. Titular? That's, uh, that's not how it's spelled. <laughs> anyway, so the next storyline is about how there's this woman in the house that's stealing from Courtney. And so Courtney says, this girl stole $700 from me and $4,500 from Scott. And my security just told me they saw her in the office with the flashlight on looking around. So Courtney's saying that she's still in the house and... They like everything is being pieced together kind of live. And she's like, she's never coming back here again. And Chloe's like, fucking obviously not, but why are we sitting here talking about it? Like, let's go confront her. So they're running down and it's so funny because Courtney's getting the text being like, she hacked everything. She's looking at your text right now. My security just informed me. And Chloe's like, Courtney, stand your fucking ground. And they're running. And, and Chloe's like, this is better than Real Housewives. <laughs> and we're like, do you know what show you're on? That was... To, to me, I don't I don't know if it was intentional, but I felt like that was breaking the third wall. It was very breaking. I almost wish she was like, oh, this is better than keeping up with the Kardashians. I bet she I wish she looked at the camera and was like, I bet the, I bet real houses can never do this shit, guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny. Yeah. I love when they reference like I love when they reference things as if they're not like I can't. It's just unbelievable. It's really it's something else. Um, yeah. So Chloe, basically, they run down to try to find this woman who, by the way, they never tell us who it is. And the entire episode, all we were asking is who it was. From what they said, Julie made a good point that maybe it was one of the nannies that they were interviewing. The reason Julie made that point is for two reasons. One, she kept emphasizing this woman was alone with the kids, which makes sense. Like they were testing her out. And two, she kept saying, from now on, whoever comes in for an interview, that's what she said. And three... She said that she stole $4,500 from Scott. So what person that works for Courtney would have also been with Scott? Exactly. They share, they, they have the same nanny when when the kids are together. Right. So I have to assume it was a nanny that was probably on a trial basis. Yeah. And then, um, 
the car like literally drives away and Chloe's so pissed. And that was weird. That that to me seemed a little, uh, no, there's no way they would have just let her go. That's the part to me that was, last episode someone was saying to us, I forget who, someone wrote it or emailed us or wrote in the Patreon group. Someone wrote in the Patreon group and said that the, one of the scenes in, Oh, the scene when they were in Finland and they were saying Mason's sick, that it sounded like a voiceover and it sounded like editing. Meaning like they used to do that a lot where they would edit things in last minute. Like they right. filmed, to me, that car screeching away, that's what it sounded like. Oh, There's yeah. no way. That car, first of all, that car was not screeching that loud in fucking the Calabasas gated community. There's just no way. And second of all, like there's no way that the security let them her leave. It, that was the, that was, I wish they didn't have that. I, I hate, if I had one note to them, because it's so excellent. It's like, you guys don't need to unnecessarily intensify things. We will watch you do anything. We will literally watch you do anything. Also, like I'm not that gullible. Yeah. Right? Give me a light. It's like offensive. Yeah. Also, how, like, I've been with you for 10 years. You don't know me well enough by now to know that I'm not believing that shit. And how the fuck is the car going to speed out and then not get stopped at the gate? Like, there's just no way. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Right? There was a lot of things there. I believe the plot line. I believe there was definitely money stolen. I just think that some things are recreated. It's like a Dateline episode. Um, and so anyway, you know, Courtney's kind of saying, like, you need to disconnect everything. We need to redo the iCloud. It's, it's like a bitch. It's very annoying when that kind of stuff happens to you and you have to deal with all of it. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Especially when, like, you have— more secrets and information than probably the White House does. Literally. And Scott comes in and, and Courtney goes, the fact that she was alone with our kids. And Scott's like, no, this chick was nuts, but at least she wasn't doing anything around the kids. So that's why Julie said, my guess is they're testing out nannies. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's it's unfortunate, but um, I would have, you know, something that I thought was annoying was like, I never expected them to ever give us a name, right? Like they've I never- I didn't need a name. What would I have done if you just said like, Kim, like blah, blah, blah. No, but I'm saying, of course they wanted to protect her identity. I get that. But they could have at least said the general role that she was trying to fill. Right. Did what am I going to do with a random house? Like, also, like, I guessed. If you're trying to protect her identity because you know that people know that she was nannying for you and didn't know why she stopped, because obviously, like, if you nanny for the Kardashians, you're going to tell your friends. And they were, like, trying to, but, like, still, it's like you piece it together enough to know. Yeah. It was just weird. It was, it was weird. Unsettling for her, weird, and probably a little bit intensified for the show. Fine. That's our review of this week's plotline. <laughs> Moving on to the next scene. So now this is Kim at Kim's house, and she's telling Chloe about the music video, Paris's music video. And she's like, I told her I would do it as long as I don't dance. She's like, that is where I draw the line. Which, if you know anything about Kim, you know that's the one thing that she's like, absolutely fucking not. I get it. She won't even dance at North's, like, um, North's dance classes, like when North wants her to dance with her. Her one thing that she's like, absolutely not, which I get, but it's kind of off-brand because— in certain ways, I think she has the identity of being like a quote sexy music video girl. Right. I'm not. And saying, she used to be. She used to be in music videos. But did she never dance in them? That's what I want to know. Did she just like shake her ass? Yeah, I guess. I guess when you have an ass like that, you don't have to dance. I guess. It just is interesting. You would think that by now it would be something that she'd want to like conquer. No, I think it's gone on too long that she's embarrassed to even try. Now she owns it. I love it. She's yeah, it's like part of her brand that she won't dance. I so get it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she'd—I can't imagine she'd be bad at it. I can't imagine a world where Kim Kardashian with, like, a body like that can't dance at all. Yeah. I think maybe she feels like the expectations are so high because of the, um, like, seductiveness of her body. I don't know. I know she can move her hips. I've seen her sex tape. Like, yeah, there's no—there's no, like— But do you understand why she feels like the, the, you know, the expectations are so high, maybe? Right. It's it really is an also, interesting like, thing. If I had Kim's ass and I was already afraid to dance, and then I saw like Cardi B twerking like that, I would be like, "Fuck it, I am never even trying again." Oh, we'll we'll talk about this in the regular episode. But Cardi B's on vacation this week for her birthday. 
that girl can fucking move. She is, we, we were watching her Insta stories last night. I said to Julie, I was like, their sex life must be, because he moves too. He moves too, but she moves like a motherfucker. She moves, yeah. That ass. That's something, that's something, that's like a sex tape I'd want to see to be like, I couldn't do that if my life depended no, on it. You want to know what that's you know a sex tape you want to see? It's not because like you want to watch it to get turned on like that. Maybe no, that's a what I'm saying. No, you want to watch it and sitting there with like literally a pen and paper. And a diagram, it. yeah. You want to watch it. You Okay, this is such a good analogy. You want to watch Cardi's sex tape the way that we watch Kardashians to transcribe it. Meaning right. we pause Kardashians every two minutes to like recap what happened and write it down. That's exactly, oh, notice the tongue movement on the left ball. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I would literally, I feel like though if Cardi came out with a sex tape and I feel like everyone, like everyone would see it. There's not one person in America that wouldn't watch a Cardi sex tape, right? So it's like you would have half the people like trying to emulate what Cardi was doing and the other half knowing that like when they're having sex, that person they're like, are you trying to do that Cardi yeah, thing? I so, saw that. It's so funny. I'm already anticipating the DMs that are like, I absolutely would not watch a Cardi sex tape. Like, you okay, lying. You're lying. You lying. Exactly. You're fucking lying. Say All that right. now. Okay, sorry. So Kim says to Chloe, she's like, the fact that we're doing this before the Met, I mean, I literally don't have time, but I want to do anything for her. I mean, she literally gave me a career. And Chloe says back to her, a lot of people, they would never acknowledge that or say that they got their career because of Paris. And they would say, I'm going to do you a favor. Um, they would be like, they'd be like, they wouldn't say I'm going to do you a favor. They'd, they'd be like, favor. they'd be like, ha, bitch, I'm popping. A lot of people would say that. Meaning like where Kim is now, one could say that she doesn't need to owe Paris anything. It's like she, yeah, okay, fine. It's nice to give her that nod. But what Chloe was saying that a lot of people would be like, I'm way ahead of you. I don't need you. There's no way I'm going to star in your music video a day before the fucking met and a, like three days before my kid gets here. There's just right. no way. And I think that what Kim said is like, there's just nothing that she wouldn't do for Paris because of the the almost like eternal gratitude she has towards her. And I think that that's such a, that was so great that they filmed that. Yeah, I love that. And I love when Kim talks about it. It makes her, it makes her very real. It does. And then Chloe says to her like, she's like, I don't know how Kim has this many hours in a day. Like, and we're like, same. same. Yeah. I don't get it. okay. Next scene, they're at the music video. Did you like the scene as much as I did? Loved it. Obviously, I fucking loved it. Fucking loved it. She walks in and she's like, if this doesn't smell like Paris Hilton's dressing room, which I, total honesty, I have never used or smelled a Paris Hilton fragrance, but even though I haven't, I just knew the smell. Yeah. You're so right. Right? Yeah. Because she always talks about her unicorn mist. It's the same kind of thing where if somebody was like, yeah, Abercrombie. I'd be like, ah, oh, I remember that smell like it was fifth grade all over again. Exactly. It's Hollister, the same. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. Like, it, it's just in your, it's like through osmosis. You just know the smell. Yeah. That's how I feel about Paris. So they're talking about um, Kanye liking the song in Paris. Like, I know he was giving me notes and I was like, it's already like on iTunes. Spotify <laughs> has it. And it was, I just, I thought that was so funny. It's also so funny because and she probably, he probably called Paris. was like, you want to get French Montana on this? Yeah. <laughs> She probably like literally did though, bypass Kim and just went right to her. I love that. Yeah. I love that so Kanye. It's so Kanye. So Paris was saying to Kim that, you know, the song was really inspired by her and that she's so appreciative of her doing this. And Kim says to her, you know, I didn't even know what a spray tan was until I met you. And then in her confessional, she says, hanging out with Paris is like literally stepping into 2007. She looks the exact same. She's always so nice and grateful. And she showed me the way because she's so nice to everyone. And we paused and we talked for a second. And I said, you know, it's true. One thing you have never heard about Kim or Paris is that they are ever mean or rude to any staff member or fan. Ever. Ever. They both recognize that their fan base is the only reason that they're so successful. And that's the same reason that they will stop and take a picture with 
anyone at any time. I think they're also just the two they are as people. Yeah. It's like also, you know, Kim, who learned obviously so many of those traits from her dad and her mom and the way they deal with people, but at the same time, they didn't have that level of fame. So to see somebody like Paris, who has that level of fame and the same values, treating people the way that she was taught, it's like, okay, it's attainable to be this level of fame and also continue with the way that I was raised and doing things like the way I was taught. Right. And also, but I think there's another layer because it's not like they, you know, I think most people, not most, but hopefully most people are raised to have good manners and to be kind to people, whatever. But the added layer of them just being so famous is that they also came from such prominent backgrounds. Like Paris is a Hilton and Kim is Robert Kardashian's daughter. So they had every, they had all the marks against them to be incredibly snooty and feel like they were better than you know, in addition to just being so famous. Right. Like, and I thought that that was, I don't know, I just, I like that for some I reason. I just love the idea of of Kim, like, still having all of these takeaways from Paris. Still. To right. this day, she feels like Paris really paved the way for her. Yeah. And she just, like, emulates so many of the things that she does. And the be- the even best part about it is that, you know, one could argue that pa- that Kim is arguably more famous than Paris right now, and maybe not more famous, but more big. Like, she's more uh, hot. Relevant, whatever. Yeah. And Paris has 0% um, animosity, jealousy towards her. Well, I think they had to work to that point, though. Fine, but they— I would love to talk to them about that one period. Because, honestly, it's it's justifiable for Paris to have, like, created this person and all of a a sudden one day wake up and, like, Kim's on top and she's not anymore. And it's like, how did that even— Happen? How? When did that switch occur? So it makes sense that it took Paris a little while to get there, and it took a little while for Kim to understand that they both could coexist at once. For sure. But now that they can, it's like it's the most. I think it is the most iconic friendship. I want it to grow even bigger. I want it to be. I want. I want Larsa out. Dude, fucking same. off the record. Yeah. No. I don't get I it. Could do with a little Larsa take. I don't. I, I, I no. I don't want to take down. I just like not I, take down. Yeah, it's just like a strategic want, removal. Want, strategic, strategic removal. removal. Love that. Yeah. Love no. That. And I and I want. I wish her all the best. I just feel like. The, the you know, the Kardashian circle is a coveted place to be, and specifically airtime is coveted. And if you're not adding anything, then get the fuck out kind of thing. Like, right. Steph Chef comes on. To me, she adds. I love seeing her on I there. I love her presence I'm like, room. yeah, you're going to save the planet. Yeah, you're all about women's rights. Yeah, you're fucking gorgeous. Like, do yeah. shit. She's just yeah. so on it, she, you know? And I just feel like I don't get that same energy from Larsa. And I don't know her, you know. Although I will say, I think there's a difference of an energy that I get when Larsa is with Courtney versus when Larsa is with Kim. That, you're right. I think there's some sort of toxicity there when, and it's not there with Courtney. Do you think it comes from a competitive aspect or what do you think? I think that, I think that with Courtney, it's, it seems like more of a genuine friendship where sometimes with Kim, it seems a little not—I don't want to say that Larsa's using her, but it seems like her intentions aren't always in the the place they should be. Right. That's how I feel. Yeah. No, it's an—it's a very interesting thing. Which I, un, I I can understand when you're when you're Larsa. I mean, think about who Larsa is. It's not like Larsa's—it's not like Larsa's a nobody. Like, she just came into the family. It's not like she's a childhood friend. It's like— Larsa's Larsa. Larsa came into this world. She's married to Scotty Pippen. It, it, it's normal. I think it's kind of in her nature to kind of continue climbing up the ladder. And Kim is obviously a piece of that. And not that I think that Larsa considers her a pawn. I don't believe that's what it is. But I think that sometimes Larsa, when she's with her, kind of has that switch of like, 
let's keep climbing to the top. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? I totally get what you mean. It's like she loves going out with Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And whereas with Courtney, maybe she's more like, okay, to just like stay in. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like the, no matter who you are and no matter how close of friends, the name Kim Kardashian still carries something. It does. Stepping out with Kim Kardashian has a different sound to it. No matter how close and amazing of a friend and whatever, it still has a different, it just hits different. It hits different. And again, like I literally don't know her. I'm sure she's a good person. I just, you know, from a vibe perspective, it's like, there are some that really you just like you gel with. And it's interesting because we, like I say, we always, you know, get a lot of feedback from people that are watching because they just live DM us, even like if we don't open it. And I just always think it's interesting. And pretty much it's across the board. It's not like we're alone in this. Everybody, every time Lars is on the screen, someone is saying something to us about it. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I think also, though, Kim set us up to feel this way. That scene Definitely. a couple episodes ago when Kim said, oh, how does Larsa look? Oh, wow, best I've seen her look in a long time. Oh, she was good. Like the most passive. And then also going back to the Jordan thing where she's like, can Larsa stop? And going back to, um, wait, what was the other thing? The Not Jordan? The camping. Oh, I, yeah. That was different, but still just showed her personality when she was like, yeah. you know. yeah. I think uh, that uh, these Kim are setting so Kim is really getting us. Kim, listen, if Kim spoke, talk about conditioning us, talk about conditioning us. If Kim spoke so highly of Larsa, even if we didn't feel it, our opinions would change. We a would be like, listen, Kim's an amazing person. There's no way that she'd be speaking this highly of somebody if they weren't also a good person. Exactly. That's how I feel. But when, every time she knocks her down a little bit, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see on that. I guess what we just concluded is that within six to 12 months, there'll be a CBD line and also Lars will be strategically removed. And Kim has been warning us this whole time, correct? Yeah. Okay, great. Love to hear it. It's like the sixth sense. <laughs> I feel so strongly about this company that when I saw we were doing an ad for them, I kind of freaked out. <laughs> so I'm telling you guys about Sakara. Basically, I think all of us, like we want to eat better. We want to feel better about what we eat, but it's really hard to prepare healthy meals that also taste good. And especially ahead of time, like the meal prepping thing is definitely challenging, at least for me. And the thing about Sakara is that their whole thing is eating better doesn't have to be boring or bland. So Sakara makes organic, ready-to-eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you look and feel like your best self. So they have meal programs for breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. It's delivered right to your door, ready to eat anywhere in the U.S. The thing about their meals is that they're specifically designed to enhance your energy, improve digestion, and help with healthy weight loss. And so it's an entire menu of like chef-crafted dishes that change weekly, so you never get bored. It's not super repetitive. And in addition to your meals, you get supplements, teas, and support from a certified health coach to help you stay on track. Because like, at least for me, I think that staying on track is the hardest part. Beginning isn't always so hard, but really staying with it. I mean, this has gotten recognition from Vogue, Goop, New York Times, whatever. I'm telling you, a couple of years ago, I was in the Hamptons with my mom and we ran into this woman who had a Sakara bag and we started talking to her about it and she was telling us all about the service. I learned so much about it. So that's why I freaked out when I saw we were doing this. It's really, really a good company. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners $60 off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash CBC. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash CBC to get $60 off your first order. That's sakara.com slash CBC. So the next scene, Kim's on the plane and they're going with Connie and they're going to New York, obviously. She's calling the surrogate kind of just to apologize about not being able to be there at the doctor's appointment. In this confessional, she has her hair this light brown. Love it. Love Ooh. it, love it, love it. Guys, why is she? Cool. Oh. And so many people said that to us. It's she, so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. 
Was that a Chris Appleton? Was that Tracy Cunningham? Who did that? I don't know, but it's the best color I've seen. It's the best color I've ever seen on her. I loved it. You know, the other day when <laughs> this is so not the same thing, but the other day I was like, we were where we were out to eat, and I was like, does my hair look lighter? You like, I love it. Like that's how I felt. I was like, that's how I felt my hair looked lighter. Yeah. Except on Kim, and it, it looks better. No, it looked amazing. We have to tell her. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna say start a campaign. I was like that passionate about it. I was gonna call <laughs> in the house moment. to house and raise money, and like <laughs> it's gonna be like a permanent thing that we do. No, I know. We like really felt strongly about it. Listen, Kim, if you're listening, you are absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. No matter what, you could be wearing a potato sack. But we love you, said. We love the light hair. Try it out. It's a new season. Who knows? Go to hell with yourself. Okay, so. <laughs> she's really stressed about going to New York and it's only 36 hours, but she's obviously doesn't want to miss the surrogate going into labor, like potentially the most valid reason to ever feel anxious. And she walks into the hotel. Interesting, they stayed at the Mark, which um, you saw Chris stayed at the Plaza and I don't know where, I think Kylie and Kim were at. Well, Chris stayed at the Plaza because she stayed at Tommy, Tommy and Dee's, which by the way, they're selling that. Really? Well, it's been on the market for forever, but I think they, they're either getting interest in it or it's closing or they drop the price significantly. You guys got to watch that. They want to make the Greenwich House the full time. Oh, that's so If you guys, there are three Architecture Digest videos that you have to watch. You have to watch the one of the plaza, Tommy and Dee's plaza. You have to watch the one of the Greenwich and you have to watch the one of the, Mi- of the Miami one. Yes. Yes. And for, for just for Tommy. Yeah, I mean, Tommy. there's a million others, but you really should watch Those them. three are the best. They're very interesting because him and his him and Dee, his wife, are both so like artistic and creative. So it's not just like these wealthy people that had a lot of money and hired a designer. Like you can tell there's a lot of their own um, personalities in it. I don't know if Martin did all three. He definitely did Miami. The Miami one's my favorite. It's the sickest thing in the entire world. It's it's very but unique the one house. she they have the the. At the plaza, they have overlooking Central Park, and they have, you know, when you go to the plaza, it's like this circular or whatever. They have the person who illustrated Eloise at the plaza did that that room that's like their breakfast nook, and they illustrated the wallpaper. It's really sick. Yeah, you guys it's should watch really it. It's really something special. Okay, sorry. I, I could talk about Tommy no, and Dee for my whole life. But, oh, did, you notice, did you notice when they walk into the hotel room at the Mark and— the Vogue covers on the table. And Kim's like, this is what I wanted to see. And Kanye's like, you don't want to see me? <laughs> he yeah. was like, no, this, this is this is it. Yeah. It was her first time it's ever her first seeing it in person. Vogue cover. It's her first time seeing it. That's crazy. It's crazy that's her first time seeing it. I know. I can't believe we got to experience that. Also, Jonathan comes in and let's talk about it. He was wearing a Von Dutch hat. I know it. Yeah, but you want to thing, Julie? I'm telling you, people are saying Von Dutch is coming back. I've been seeing it more and more. I'm not on board. I'm just saying. Because, by the way, I was never on board for Von Dutch. That's interesting. Never, ever. Were I, you? I never wore it, but I always thought it was cool. My mom would have never let so me. so see you in Von Dutch and gauchos. You still wear gauchos. <laughs> <laughs> me and Isabel, the other day, when we were in LA last time, we were like, they were like talking about gauchos. And I was like, I was like, Emma still wears gauchos. And I call it, I go, Emma, are you wearing gauchos right now? She's like, yeah, I guess you could call these gauchos. <laughs> Uh, we usually are going to LA for literally what a total of twenty two hours tomorrow. We got a we got a text on Saturday and we're like, fuck it. I texted Julie. I was like, you want to just do it? She's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I ran out of edibles. <laughs> she was like, you know, I honestly could use a couple more. We're going on Tuesday night. We're getting back in the red eye. What Thursday morning? Anyway, um, the last scene. I mean, the next scene is Kim's last fitting. And this 
fucking thing. It's worth watching this episode because I know a lot of you don't actually watch and you just listen for a recast, which I'm very flattered what? by. That's but crazy. You, you no, know, no, that's true. People say it all I the time. I know, but you got to watch them. You got to watch. We don't do it justice. There's just no way. You got to watch this one scene though because it really just shows the intricacies of this outfit. And she's saying, she's like, I really can't pee in it. She's like, okay. And she's talking. She's dead fucking serious. She's like, listen, if it's an emergency, I think I just pee my pants and I'll have my sister wipe my leg. Like, it's fine. She'll just wipe my leg. She's dead serious. And I, for a second, I was like, wait, you're not going to have like someone there. And then I realized it's the Met. She can't she have can't anyone have there. Someone there. It's not like she can say like, oh, I'll buy a table and have John and Mario and whoever she wants there. Like Kylie and Kendall are her only allies because obviously Kanye's not doing it. Also, I feel like if you're going to have somebody wipe the pee off your leg, a sibling is probably. Yeah. I mean, Chloe would be the ideal. The most comfy. Yeah. But oh, if you can't get God. Chloe, you got to get Kylie. If I'd have anybody in the whole world wipe yeah. pee off my leg, it would be Chloe. For sure. So she's saying that because if you saw the dress was completely beaded and she's saying that like every one of the beads goes right through the dress. So it's basically like wearing a cactus. She says every single thing is poking her. I can't imagine. So in addition to not being able to breathe because of the corset, not being able to pee and having this like latex thing on her, she's also being stabbed just continuously. It's really, I mean, this, this was when they say beauty is pain. This is what they mean. This is what they fucking mean. I can't even wear shoes. Me and Julie. I just can't imagine. I can't. We turn to each other and we're like, I can't believe we complain about having to put on jeans. This is what I always say to you, and I know you think I'm ridiculous, but I truly believe that celebrities have a different pain tolerance than the average person. Yeah, they. I think they, they just must. I see some shoes, and I'm like, you spent the whole— There was no sock basket by the DJ booth. I know. Well, can I make an analogy? It's almost like it's so much a part of their job that I feel like it's almost like when people say, wow, you guys just like really don't mind being on your phones that much. Like, it's part of the job. Yeah, but you don't have a no choice. pain to be on my phone. I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's that's literally just—they know that that's part of the gig. That is the reason that I never want to be famous, ever. I could not deal with having to do be that upkeep. Be stabbed? Yeah, me either. No, that upkeep is, like, really, and having to constantly be on and look. I, mean, I, can't, I hate even wearing heels. I, I can't remember the last time I wore heels. I hate wearing jeans. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so— the, uh, Mr. Pearl, who's the who's like Mugler's you know main person, says to her, and I had Julie write this line down. It's not about comfort; it's about confidence. Loved that. Loved it. Loved it because he didn't say it's not about comfort; it's about looks. He said it's about confidence. Yeah, and that was so, so true. Right. It was an important distinction. You're so right. So she's saying she goes. Connie can come in and take a few pictures, but I definitely want solo ones. Remember my first Met Gala where they cropped me out of the pictures? That's how badly they didn't want me there. And now I'm the cover girl coming as the camp cover. What she means is that her first year when she wore that floral Givenchy look and she was so pregnant, there's literally a picture of Kanye and you see her like— They did her so dirty that year. They did her so dirty. The amount of comparisons to Kim to a couch that I saw, and you couldn't even defend her. That's the worst. When you feel like you can't even defend them. What am I supposed to say? You're in florals and you're pregnant. I know. How am I supposed to help you? That look was just not, you know, it just— that ain't it, sis. <laughs> no, the chief. What do I always that say? Ain't it, chief. That ain't it, chief. That's how I felt. Um, oh my God, I hate when you're millennial. <laughs> well, I literally quoted it like in saying it. So she says, You've said it in all seriousness before, but keep going. That's true. I say it on text a lot. So she says, My look is like I'm coming out of the water because North always says she's an alien and I'm a mermaid. Who knew that was so cute? Adorable. Right? Kim always throws these things at me where I'm like, you are such a good mom. It's, it's like, so You true. really care about those kids. She you does. You care about those kids as much as I care about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then Kim's kind of in the confessional and she's just talking about how, like, yeah, it's exciting and she's stressed and all these things, but really like one of the biggest stresses is that she doesn't want to disappoint Mr. Mugler. She's like, he hasn't done this in 20 something years. You know, this is his first big thing. And it's a huge honor to go as the designer's muse. And I, I think that that's lost for us as the public, or at least for me, that was always lost in it. Like, oh, she just wants to look perfect. But it's also like, she's representing an entire company, an yeah. entire brand. And that's a lot of pressure. Oh, my God. Especially as her and the position she's in and knowing, like, it's not like somebody like Zoe Kravitz representing a brand where even if it's not the best look in the entire world, it's not like the person behind it is so controversial that it, it represents. It's like if Kim doesn't nail the look and people don't respond well to it, the person behind it also is a little bit controversial to even be at the Met Gala, so it fuels the fire. Exactly. Such a good, intelligent point. Thank you. No, it's so, so, so true. It's almost like, you know, that's what's so interesting. So one could say, oh my God, what designer wouldn't work with her? But I think some potentially, or at least maybe, even if they would, they still have that thought in their minds. Do you know how how much it took him to get designers to work with her, let alone somebody to come out of an almost retirement of an icon of a legend to dress her for something like this? That is unbelievable. I know she always talks about... Um, you know, the different covers and how when she was first starting and she made a list of all of these covers she wanted to be on, she had a publicist that said to her, like, you need to come up with more realistic goals. She also, like, taught, let's talk about the fact that all of these designers that I'm sure she wanted to dress her whole life and now she actually gets it to happen. It's kind of like Kendall talking about how she, um, it took her so long to be able to be taken seriously in the fashion world because all of these people associated the name and didn't want her to do it. It's the same thing. It is true. I mean, the evolution of all you of You think them. it's so easy, but it's it's not. So JustFab is a leading fashion and lifestyle brand that strives to inspire, guide, and motivate women around the world to experiment with style. So their mantra is basically that all women are beautiful and style has no limits. So style is personal, it's unique. It isn't defined by a certain age, size, look, or trend. Style is an attitude and anyone can wear it, which I, I really love that, honestly. So before I forget, JustFab is offering our listeners an exclusive deal. You get your first JustFab style for as low as $10 as a VIP. That's 75% off your first item with our special link. Just go to justfab.com slash CBC to take advantage of this deal now. That's justfab.com slash CBC to get your first style for as low as $10 as a VIP. You can also get free shipping on orders over $39, and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. That's justfab.com slash CBC. Basically, the way it works is that you go and you take a quick 60-second style quiz, and it personalizes all these recommendations for you. So you have this entire boutique of over a 1,000 different styles, and then you can either check out as a guest or become a VIP. So again, if you're ready to upgrade your seasonal wardrobe with affordable trending pieces, then you must check out JustFab. Get your first JustFab style for as low as $10 as a VIP. That's 75% off your first item with our special link. Just go to justfab.com slash CBC to take advantage of this deal now. Also, make sure you enter in your email address when you take the style quiz because then you can receive exclusive discounts and kind of like the inside scoop about new collections that haven't been released yet. So to go to justfab.com slash CBC. Terms and conditions do apply. So this scene was... Um, when I was saying in the beginning how it wasn't juicy, this was, I guess, the quote, like, juiciest. This was fucking weird. Let me just tell you what happened in case you didn't see it, and then we'll talk about it. So it is literally the night before. Like, let's say it's 1030 at night. I'm making that up. There's obviously no clock. They're all in the hotel room. Kim's in the robe. You know, the the, the designers, everyone is there. The, her the stylist's there. The assistant's there. Jonathan's there. And Kanye, at a fucking left field, right after her final fitting, goes— 
The corset, underwear, all that vibe, I feel like I just went through this transition where from being a rapper to looking at all these girls to looking at my wife. And I was like, my girl needs to be just like the other girls, showing her body off, showing this, showing that. And I didn't realize that I was that was actually affecting my soul and my spirit as someone that's married and in love and as the father of what's about to be four kids. And Kim goes, so the night before the Met, you're going to come in here and say you're not into a corset vibe? It's giving me really bad anxiety that you're saying that. And Kanye goes, why does that give you anxiety? And Kim goes, because you knew last night that I was having really bad anxiety and I don't need any bad energy from you to say that you're not into me in a corset. And Kanye goes, you're my wife and it affects me when you're too sexy. And Kim goes, you built me up to be this sexy person and confidence and all this stuff. And just because you're on a journey and a transformation doesn't mean I'm on the same spot as you. And Kanye was literally like that I'm a head out meme. Like I saw that on a comment and it's so true. He literally walked up. On Hollywood Unlocked. I saw yeah. that Hollywood Unlocked, yeah. And someone just walked up and Kim was just saying it's ab- He just walked out and Kim was like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Listen, that was fucked up. Like I have, can I go first? Yeah. I have so many thoughts. I first want to say, listen, it's obviously a show. I can't imagine if there was a camera following me in my worst moment. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that that was just like a, a lapse in judgment. But and we know this about Kanye, right? He's the first one to say it. he's a raging narcissist. To me, this was potentially the most um, tangible example of his narcissism in action. It is the night before your wife's Met Gala where she is the cover girl. You have been so proud of her sex appeal and you have in a lot of ways wanted to brand her as this. And all of a sudden, when you know they've been working on this for the past eight months, you're gonna throw out a comment like this? Like there's so many, aside from the like feminist angle of it, of just like, it doesn't matter. She can dress however she wants. That wasn't even what struck me. It was more so like the fucking night before you're going to pull this shit literally 24 hours before the event, less than. That was not cool, Julie. I know you agree with me. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think like all I wanted in that moment was for Kanye to walk in and be like, oh my God, you look so gorgeous. Like that's all I wanted. And so it was just like a disappointing moment. But I will say- a couple of things is first of all, I think that obviously we can all acknowledge that things just can't be perfect 100% of the time. Like I think it was honestly a little refreshing to see a fight and something that I loved about it was Kim, you know, fighting back, being like, why are you even saying, like, because I think a lot of time we see Kim and it's like, okay, Kanye, like, whatever. Like, for her to, like, express the opinion, not that I think Kim's, like, submissive to him or anything or just whatever. I think that sometimes she just doesn't like dealing with it or doesn't have the energy and I, I loved seeing her take the stance of like, we're not doing this. Like, it, do- it doesn't matter. But I will say, in not defense of Kanye, but understanding of Kanye, you know how you were like, it is my mission on earth to tell Aaron Carter's story. Yeah. I feel like it's my mission on earth to like, okay, I know he said this, but what he really meant was, the way I feel about Kanye is that I think that what he thinks is his greatest gift is his ability to just speak the truth. And I think when, like, I think if you were to ask him about it, when he is in a moment where he should have just kept his mouth shut, we can all agree, and not said anything, for him, it's like, oh, my greatest ability is that, like, it comes to my mind and I speak it. And, like, I'm so honest with everybody. And I think for him was he was having this moment of, um, I know how I used to look at women. And so the idea of seeing other people look at you like that, which I'm not saying it's right. I just, like, can understand, like, in in part this, like, moment of— this journey of self-reflection that he's on where he's like, I know how I've looked at women over the years and I know how I've looked at women whose bodies have looked like yours and whose bodies have looked corseted like that. And I know what my brain goes to. And he's like, I think it was just a moment of him being like, I I hate the idea of other people looking at my wife like that, which is like not right still. And I'm not like, I, I it was like an uncomfortable moment, but I almost understood 
like this spiritual journey that he's on and where he was coming from in the moment. But then fucking night before, are you fucking kidding me? No, the way that I felt was like, this is amazing that you're doing this self-reflection and you should totally talk about it with your therapist because to talk about it out loud to your wife in this moment is just absolutely not going to fly. And also my other thing is like, you know, you don't get to just pick and choose when she gets to and be, that's have what she sex said. appeal. That, that's what she said. She was like, you built me up. You built this confidence up, which he did. He was so, he was, in the beginning, Kanye was so on, like, this is my fucking wife. Like, every person in America look at my wife and look how badly you want to touch her and you literally can't, and I get to. And now I feel like he's having this, this change on this journey he's in, and it's like, he doesn't really feel like that anymore, but he's just like, he doesn't just get to decide that that's over. Exactly. You're not the one that gets to decide that, number one. And second of all, like, I I felt like it was so, it's like, it's one, like I said, I understand that self-reflection, If it's not, you know, you can't blame someone for having those thoughts. Like, they, they just came to him. He wasn't like, you know, he didn't choose to say that. It literally just came to him. But discuss that elsewhere. Discuss right. that elsewhere. And you talk about that. Because right now, quite frankly, your journey of self-reflection is not more important than the biggest, potentially one of the biggest nights of Kim's life. I thought, and not to mention, so disrespectful of the designer. Yeah. It's been working on this for eight months. We didn't even talk about that. Like, there were so many angles here. It was poor timing. It was narcissism. It was honestly, in my opinion, like, the feminist in me was like, dude, yeah. you got, like, no fucking way. And I'm, you know, like, that's, I just didn't. I, I, I just, it was not a a, a good moment. I it, just didn't. There was nothing about it where I was like, like, I can understand why you felt like you had to say that. And I think your point would be not valid, but something to discuss in any other moment than the night before. Any other moment of the night before, yeah. I just, and also not in front of people. Like that yeah. is such a one-on-one conversation where he really says, like, "Listen, I, you know." But the thing, the thing that's interesting is that you can tell. Like he says it, he was like, "Why are you anxious about?" Like he didn't really under. Sometimes I think he doesn't understand the weight his words carry and understand what he's saying because as she's like getting upset, he's kind of confused why she's getting upset. He's like, "Oh, I was just saying it, like something that I thought." But I also feel like, I don't know. I get so torn in this because last night I said to you, because um, Kanye was like, throughout the whole thing, he was so smiling and like almost like in awe of the situation. Yeah, like beaming and so proud. And yeah. I said to you, I feel like, because the whole episode, Kim was talking about how she can't believe this is her life. And I said, you know, I sometimes feel like Kanye feels that way too. Like that he, but then there's a part of me that sometimes snaps back in this moment specifically where I'm like, you know, they're both super fucking famous, but Kanye was much more accustomed to the, quote, icon, megastar life earlier than she was. And I sometimes think that he may not understand the magnitude of things because he's done it. Meaning he puts on, you know, massive tours in front of thousands and thousands of people. Like his album can be number one. So to him, maybe the Met Gala, I'm not saying that he was downplaying it, but it's not, to her, that's like the Met. The Met. Well, that's also, you're right, because- it's kind of like how Kim can't imagine a scenario where she was invited to the Met Gala, let alone the cover, all of these things. Kanye can't really imagine a scenario in which he wouldn't be invited. It exactly. was always just part of who he was and always like fashion and and he was always invited. So it's not a big deal for him. And I guess, I guess it was just the lack of an understanding. There was a lot of mismatched pieces here. Like I really, I have... I really am not, I can't defend him in that state. Don't you feel like it was such a guy moment where like, if they had talked about it there, Kim was like, I really want to talk about the fact that you said like, whatever. And he was like, I called, like, I feel like he was like, I called you sexy. What's your issue? Yeah. It was such a guy thought process where he would have been like later, been like, I don't understand why I called you sexy. What are you upset about? Yeah. Oh, I would have been. Yeah. No, I was not. But a lot of people said, I I love the the way that she handled it. Like, oh, Kara, this morning when I was getting makeup done, she was like, um, 
she's like, I, I'm shocked that she, Kim handled it so calm. Like, I feel like I would have freaked out. I was like, that, that that didn't surprise me at all. Kim reacted in the exact way that I would have thought her to. Kim does not react. Kim does not react out of emotion. She's very calm. She always talks about she's that. She's not reactive, yeah. I related to her in that moment because I think, I don't think with everyone there, I would have freaked out on him. I know I wouldn't have. The way, and also he removed himself from the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, as he was walking away, he was like, I was wrong. Which is, which we said to each other, they are fully in control of what airs. So the fact that they chose to do that, that's the one thing where I'm like, I'll, that's a nod. Like, they didn't have to air that part. No, they didn't. And it was it was real and it was honest. And even if we don't agree with him, I feel like we have to respect the fact that he was like, yeah, keep it in. Yeah. He had to have been. There's no way that would have been released without his knowledge. Oh, my, there's no way Kim would have released that without his permission. There's just and no that's, way. And that's why this show is so successful. Because there are moments where you're watching the show, and I feel like we have it almost every episode, where it's like, I can't believe they put that in. They control the narrative, and they're still allowing us to see this really private, not always so positive part of their life. Yeah, so true. Okay, next scene. Is there anything else you want to say on that? No, that's it. I guess my final thought is just like— My final thought is I wasn't down for it. it Even wasn't, though I tried to come from a place of understanding for my friend Kanye, which I will always try to do, I was not down was for not it at all. was not fucking down for it. Really rubbed me the wrong way. Anyway— Next scene, it's the day of the Met Gala. God, we've really been waiting for this one. So Kim is saying, she's like, I am literally more nervous for this than I think of my wedding because there are just pictures from every single angle. And also, she doesn't have control of the pictures. That's what I always say to you. I will take as many pictures as I want as long as they're on my phone. Right. But when someone else, it's true, at her wedding, no one else, maybe with the exception of the air, the helicopter paparazzi, no one's getting those photos. I mean, Unless yeah, you specifically put them out. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's people at the wedding, but they'll be respectful of that. So for for you know to have literally every photo every angle ever. I oh mean, my god to forget me, about it a down was, below up angle forget about it I, I was having secondhand just from watching it we then transfer over to Kendall and Kylie and they're getting ready and like Kendall's like putting on Kylie's purple wig and I, you know I loved watching them play around in this I episode. think they're the ultimate duo but it just brought me back to like the old Calabasas house days. Yeah, I wish that we got to see more Kendall and Kylie. I think they have an amazing dynamic. And I think that, I think they've always had a very different connection with each other than the rest of the family, obviously just because of age and, and whatever. But I just, I feel like- And we sharing just, the same father. And sharing the same, yeah, and sharing the same father, all of these things. And I think that we don't get to see them interact enough. And I love it. I think they, I think it brings out, you know what it is? I think Kylie brings out a very different side of Kendall. You're so fucking spot on. I think Kendall is her most natural and most, like, um, easygoing, fun. Yeah, easygoing, fun, uninhibited self when she's with Kylie. It's so true. And I also think that the narrative is also often skewed of, like, listen, you know, Kylie has a kid and she's living this, you know, adult life and Kendall's still, like, in her, in her you know, youth and whatever. And I think that when we see them together, it shows that, like, just because Kylie's a mom, it doesn't mean that anything's changed in terms of their dynamic. Yeah, I think Kylie's more fun with her also. For sure. Yeah. I just loved it watching all of them get together. Like, all of them get ready together. Like, in the different, you know, all split screen. I love, I love um, watching Chris and Corey. I could watch them all day. When they're dancing, I was like, you little cuties. Yeah, I fucking love them. So, Kim is, like, saying she's in the, she's already in the course, and she's like, I have to pee. And then they're like, you literally already pee. She's like, you know what? It's in my head. It's in my head. I don't have to pee. It's in my head. It was so— That was, like, a real me and you conversation. Yeah. I don't have to pee. You've peed three times. You don't have to pee. It was so— She's like, I just, like, feel felt a re- remove. Like, you could see she's in, she's in pain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course she's in pain. And they're just—I don't know. You watch Kendall and Kylie deciding last minute whether or not to— 
do that, whether Kylie's going to do a wig or, I mean, the headpiece or the sleeves or this or that. And you see Mario getting Kim ready and being like, they're genuinely saying a prayer. Kim's like, can we pray? And, and Mario's like, dear yeah. God, please let Kim look the most gorgeous she's ever looked. And please let her not have to pee. And please let the pictures look good. Like they're they're so fucking serious. So serious. That was a real prayer. There was a real prayer. That like, was from the Bible. It was so funny. Um. Yeah, we just watched Chris and Corey with Dee and Tommy Hilfiger in the in the car on their I way feel like there. I feel like it's a, a missed opportunity that there aren't more like Chris and Corey like spanking jokes now. It's like we know what you're into. You you told us. You it's we so know. True. We know. That's funny. I didn't even think of that. Um, and you know, Kanye and and Kim are on their way, of course, with the whole team. And Kim is saying, because if you guys remember, she did post these on her stories. I remember it so vividly. Black screen with the white typewriter writing and all the looks. And she outlined every year. And she was saying, you know, this is her, this is year seven. And she's saying like, you know, the first year I was just your plus one. No one wanted me there. The second year I wore Lawn Vin or whatever, but why did I do blue? The third, you know, and she's going through all of her looks and she's like, and now I'm the cover girl, you know? And in her confessional, she was saying that that was always a goal, but she never thought it was possible. And Connie always said, it, it's going to happen. Right. There are certain times where you're mad at Kanye, and then you were like watching him watch her, and he's so proud of her. And that's he's why like, I so always, that's why it's so off brand. And that's why, that's why I think the thing with Kanye is sometimes when he says things, he doesn't realize what it means or what he's actually saying because he, like, I think he falls back on the fact that he's like, I am so proud of you always. How are you questioning my intention? But it's like, but then why are you saying that? That's what it was so off brand. But it's like, I am watching him, and I can see him like smiling at her, and he can't take his eyes off her, and he's so like in awe and so proud of her and it's like I know I know who you really are Kanye yeah and that was even intensified by obviously what he was wearing I mean he was literally wearing as Scott put it Dickies in a like whatever like he was wearing sneakers a fucking he was wearing a $58 bomber like and so intentionally so and it it was he He wanted to fade into the background yeah he is yeah he can be a dick and he can have these narcissism moments but I I think that when it comes down to it, there's not a chance in the world he would put himself or anybody else before Kim. No, and I the whole, true. I really believe that. And then he says, she says, she's like, every year I just pinch myself because I can't believe I'm invited to this. And I don't know. It was just really sweet. We watched, my favorite part was, she's, I, I honestly love this part the most. She goes on the red carpet and then you see her entire glam team, her stylist, her assistants, everyone watching E in the back room. I guess, I don't know if they got, there's no way they would have gotten back to the hotel in time. So I think they must have. They could have because you, I think you have to wait a while before you, it's your turn to walk. So they could have dropped her off, done her last touches, left, gone back to the hotel and been there in time for the full red carpet coverage. I, that's, that was, it was either that or they had a room like in, like right there. You yeah. know what I mean? It was one of the two. Just in case there was like an emergency also. Yeah, there was I one. don't know, maybe. Um, and yeah, it was so, they were all like, watch, like, okay, she's doing well. She's doing well. It was, it was almost like watching how I would imagine a parent feels if their kid's in the Olympics and they're watching them compete. Yeah. It's like Michael Phelps' parents watching him swim. Yeah. It's like how I felt. No, I totally, I totally get that. They were like, okay, everything's going well. Everything's going You see Mario, like fucking God bless him. It was just, I loved that. Um, the next scene, so the night's over. Of course, there are no cameras, but as Craig Fletcher said to me this morning, could you fucking imagine if Anna went to let the keeping off cameras in there? No, that would be— Could you imagine? I could imagine, but I wouldn't want it to happen. I know. I just—I would never want—I, I like, know how hard Kim worked to get here, and I don't want her thing to, like, ruin what the Met no. is. The couple of behind-the-scenes stuff that we've seen just, like, privately, insane. Like— it's a shame Kim couldn't pee because the bathroom is at the Met Gala is where it's, it's lit. The, it's so true. I would never want to prevent myself from peeing at the Met Gala. Yeah, no, for sure. I would be the bathroom attendant at the Met Gala. Hey, That's like my dream job. That's your dream. That is literally your dream job. Wait. You need to 
You need to apply for that. I'm quitting. Can we talk to someone? <laughs> I don't know why I had to quit my whole job just to do that for one night. Okay. <laughs> well, we, I felt like I was going to have to go to bathroom attendant tell school. Her, tell, her, tell her what Isabel said. Isabel texted us like, she's like, oh my God, I just want to be the person. What'd she say that like, she's like, no, scopes Kim's ass when she's putting on the body. So she's like, don't tell me she's nothing. I'm quit. She's like, I just, all I want to do is be Kim Stylist and I can like handle her ass while she, and she's like, Plum. she texts Julie on the side, like literally not in our group chat, which she never does. Like, don't tell her. Like, it was so funny. Um, okay, so the next scene that, you know, they're in back in the van and they're on their way back and you can see Kim, Connie is beaming. Kim is beaming. I mean, she's in so much pain from the stress stabbing her. And he says to her, he's like, are you so, like, that was fire, babe. Are you so happy? And she's so happy. And then yeah. she's reading, I love this. She's reading the tweets and she's like, Kanye and Kim, oh damn, killed it. And she's so happy. Which like, I always love to see celebrities' reactions to the headlines or like what people are saying, you know, to see if they read them, which you know she does, obviously. Um, and they, they're sitting back in the hotel and they're getting ready for the after party. And Kim is saying, she's like, Kanye hadn't been to the Met in years. And he was such a social butterfly. I went to every table, was talking to everyone. I couldn't pull couldn't him away. Couldn't pull away from Mark Jacobs. She's like, I could not pull him away from Mark Jacobs. I was so proud of him. So I felt like your dad at the unveiling. Literally. <laughs> I was like, look at you, Steve, table to table. My dad was a goddamn social butterfly. That is a hilarious comparison. My dad and my mom's unveiling to Kanye at the Met Gala. That's how I felt, Right. Oh my God. That's exactly that's how, how I, felt. I felt. I was so proud. I was proud so of him. proud. <laughs> I was so proud of him. You're so right. Oh, he even gave a speech. So, then the other crazy part about this is that Kim is talking about how there's somebody that I, I don't believe she helped him get out of prison. I think she was helping him once he was released. And he has like all of these face tattoos that he couldn't afford to, to get removed. And I guess his mom had reached out to Kim. She had, He had given uh, his mom Kim's number. They reached out. And Kim said that she was going to pay for him to have his tattoos removed. And she was going to fly Dr. Orient to North Carolina to a laser place to do it for him there. And this was the part that was left out of the episode when they're talking about the timeline is that Kim then went to North Carolina before coming back to L.A. after the Met Gala. And you were confused for a second. And I said, no, don't you remember that Instagram, the picture of Kim with Kanye and that guy and his mom? And everybody was like, and all the things on Twitter was like, did this bitch really just leave for the Met Gala to go whatever, like before, like everybody. And then you think about it in the grand scheme of how much she had going on that she made it a priority to go to North Carolina. It's not even like she needed to be there. It's not like she needed a signature on something or she needed to fight for something. Just to be there, like kind of in support and to meet him and to, it's really, really, it's crazy. I wasn't confused because I had remembered it happened. I was just confused about the timeline. Like yeah. literally, how did they make this happen? It was unbelievable. It, it, this woman does it all. I really, um, and also the fact that she didn't have to fly Doctor Orion out. There's Wait. a million tattoo removal. And also, people. she didn't even. The thing that's always so crazy about Kim is that I, I tell you all the time that I think we really are only privy to seeing like a tenth of what she does. Yeah, for sure. And for this, it's like I, I think when people talk about Kim and this activism, it's like. Oh, it's for, it's for show, like all these things. We know it's obviously not. But this is one example where she easily could have had a camera going like talking about like, oh, I'm so exhausted now. I have to go to North Carolina. Now I'm doing all the things like have a camera crew follow her there. There was no camera there. There was no, there was no part of it. She easily could have said to this person and this family, like, I'd love to have my cameras. Nothing. It was just for her and that family in that moment. Well, that's what I was going to say. I am almost positive that at least day of, the picture was not posted by her. No, it was never it was, posted by it her. Posted it was posted by, by the family and then, and then it, it got went picked viral. Up. Yeah. And we said to each other at the time, like, wow, that is when, I always, I was saying this to someone yesterday. I was saying that I think such a true measure of like growth and maturity is when you do something without the expectation of acknowledgement. So you're thrilled to do it regardless of any sort of acknowledgement, any sort of praise. You're doing it solely from the goodness of your heart and because you want to. And I think that Kim really, in a lot of ways, does things for that reason. Yeah, I think, I mean, clearly. And I think that there's, I mean, Kim is clearly not the only person who is able to do things without acknowledgement. And I think that 
the thing with Kim is that it's not even about acknowledgement. Like, if she was going to film this interaction, this meeting in North Carolina, I don't think it would be about the acknowledgement of somebody knowing she did it or, like, wanting to be praised for it. I think it would just be, like, a, a look, really look at what I'm doing. And even that was, like, it doesn't matter what you think that I'm doing or what you think, how much, where I'm delegating my time to or whatever. Like, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and it matters to me and it's, it, I don't care what anybody else And we're going to see, we're going to see in a, in a year, two years, whatever, some massive thing that she's been working on that comes out. We know it. Like, come it's, on. It's really unbelievable. So they're on the plane. Oh, wait. So her final scene of when she's getting ready and she's like, dear Lord, please photograph good. I'm too tired for this. And that's when she's in that blue thing that Courtney had shaded a couple of episodes ago. And she Which walks was out. sick. It was she the whole share look. Oh, she my God. Insane. Kanye doesn't even change his bomber. Yeah. I was thinking, like, what do you think about this one, Kanye, sex appeal-wise? Um, okay, next scene. They're on the plane and they're going. And, and <laughs> do you want to read it? Yeah, no, obviously I want to. They're talking. <laughs> Kanye's like, I had a vision for the backyard. And Kim's like, oh, really? Like, what? She's like, he's like, sheep. And she's like, what? He's like, you don't like one little sheep for the backyard. And she's like, it, the little sheep becomes a big sheep. It was like literally a parent explaining to a child, like, I want a little puppy. They're like, okay, but the puppy becomes a dog. And it's like, then you have to take care of it. You want, it was like, Kanye could not understand like the concept of not being able to have a sheep in the backyard. Kim was like, first off, I don't do animals. Second of all, I don't need this sheep, sheep shitting in my yard. Third of all, absolutely not. Next subject. And he was like, just one. Like it was so And you know Kanye funny. only wants it because it would match the house so well. Oh yeah, for it's sure. It's like the art that Chris has, that Chrissy wrote, that was like the, the, the sheep. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Kanye's like, imagine that statue that your mom has, but the real, real version, version outside, and I just told Kim, a sheep. Yeah, Kim was like, no fucking way. Um, and then they're at the doctor with the surrogate and, and you know, hoping the baby's in the right position, and it's still across. So, the, no, Dr. Crane is saying that they may have to do an aversion, meaning that they push the baby kind of like manually to get him out of breach. And Kim said that she had it when, when she was delivering, when she had Saint, and that it was so painful. And she really hoped that the surrogate didn't have to go through that. But, um, it just sounded like ugh, all these. I just feel, I don't know, so many scenes in the Kardashians, motherhood wise, it really makes me just like appreciate these potential struggles that come with pregnancy. Like everything from her preeclampsia to even just Courtney, who's the most seamless pregnant woman, just different things. I guess we just see it. And maybe I just don't watch, maybe I guess I don't see such an in, in depth view of pregnancy as I do in the show a lot yeah. of times. Like I'm not, I guess I'm not surrounded so much by pregnant women or their struggles. Like I'm never in the doctor's office. I, you, I went through this weird phase. Remember when TLC would have all of those like baby shows? Like, yeah. I, I always watched those when I came home from school. So I was like, oh, I'm like a pro at pregnancy. But yeah, it's like, it's crazy watching them go through it. I just have so much respect for women. And our bodies are unbelievable. The fact that we can do that—it's that, the, it's the everyday miracle. It's really unfucking believable. You just like literally give birth to a baby. Like gotta you freeze are, my eggs. You, yeah, we always say that you're literally growing a life. It's so crazy. I know it's like the most like duh, but it when you really think about it, it is insane. If I were to listen to us record a podcast, I'd be like, these girls are stone. We're not. I at swear all. to God, we're obviously. But not. But there's just sometimes we look at you like, wow. Babies are fucking whack. <laughs> no, and you were like, jeans are wild. I was telling my dad that story. I was, I was like, they're just crazy. He was like, yeah, that's literally how, how they work. Okay, so the next thing they're at Courtney's house, and Chris is kind of just asking about the robbery, and Courtney's saying that the police are doing an investigation, but they can't really prove that it's her money, so it's kind of difficult. And, you know, they're just saying how she, you know, they, she's proud that they caught it and that moving forward they're going to be much more cautious and whatever. It's just interesting. They saged the entire house, and— well, two things in the scene. First off, you see in the background, there's Mason, Penelope, and Rain's like chore charts. You know what I loved about that? Did you pick up on this? The thing that I loved about those chore charts is that it was just a piece of paper. There was no like Courtney over the top, extra gorgeous, organized black chart. It was just a piece of paper. Yeah, no, I loved that. 
Um, and they're saging the house. And Chloe is so fucking funny. I That scene, I was like, she's my favorite. Like, she I just, love yeah. her. I love her. She's just fun. She's a fun fucking person to be around. Yeah, she's She just, makes everyone around her more fun, too. Yeah, they're saging the fuck out of this house, and it was hilarious. Um, and then the last scene there, it's Chloe, Scott, and Kim. Also an amazing dynamic. Uh, yes. Not to be confused with with Scott, Kim, and Courtney. True. Chloe, Chloe, Scott, and Kim, I think I probably like more. Yeah. I think. Um, and, you know, Scott's asking and asking if, you know, like if she was comfortable. He's like, there's no way. And she was like, uh, no, obviously no. there was 0% chance. But like it didn't matter. As what's his name said, Mr. Pearl, it's not about comfort. It's about, about confidence. confidence. Um you know, and, and they were just all kind of praising Connie for being her plus one and, and being so minimalistic in his approach and not making it about him. And I'm like, you guys should have fucking seen what happened in the hotel room. Yeah, oh, my God. You guys are not going to believe this <laughs> Wait shit. Wait see this shit. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, tell them about Paul Crane. So Paul Crane's calls. And he basically says the baby hasn't moved. So they're going to induce labor and— do the aversion, and next episode, we're going to have a little baby Sam on our hands. I'm so excited for that. It that, must be very stressful, not only, um, like, if, if it was happening to you, like, I could understand it so much stress. Like, you have to go to the doctor, and you have to have all these things. But to have it happen to somebody that's carrying your child, and you have just literally no control over the situation, must be a very, um, like, unsettling feeling. For sure. It's so, so, so true. In this scene, Kim looked exactly like Chicago. Yes. I took a picture of it. I was like, this is Chicago. Yeah, I see so much of Chicago. Oh, I my mean, gosh. I mean, Chicago is Kim. It's really remarkable. That was it for the episode, though. I feel like th- there was nothing major. Next week's going to be good. Next week's going to be next good. Next week, they, first of all, oh, next week, I I um I know this because, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't say this before. I know this because Isabel texted me about it, but when we recorded it, it cut out early. But there's a whole thing with Larsa and Kim next week. <gasps> and also, did you guys know that Kim and Kanye renewed their vows? Yeah, I didn't know that. Are we the only—how did we not know that? Oh my god, I can't wait. I wonder for next if other week. people were shocked Don't by you that. Think next too. week's gonna be fucking lit. Yeah, I mean, I think every week is lit. Wait, we have to tell them about it. this. Is this is not an ad? Please listen. It's really for your benefit. Okay, I'm so excited about this. So excited. Okay, as you guys know, obviously we are obsessed with the Kardashians, and no, not obsessed. Fascinated by. I always like to make fascinated. that distinction. Not obsessed. Not obsessed. Fascinated. fascinated. And the vacations like are our favorite thing ever. Like we could watch any sort of Kardashian vacations, and. Their Bora Bora one was potentially the most iconic trip ever. I think so. Like, I can't think of— I think of, it was the most iconic vacation ever taken, period, I, history. No, but seriously, I can't think of another celebrity vacation that I have such, like, a—that I know so much about or feel so much of an attachment to. Like, when Kim lost that earring in the ocean, I will never forget that. Never. It's burned in our brains forever. It is. So, um, we had been, like, thinking for a while of a way to get charitably involved to start off, obviously. And we wanted to make it kind of on-brand and make sense for our followers. So, we partnered with this company, Omaze— and basically, we are raising money to be able to—let me explain how it is. Okay. The trip is a five-night, six-day stay at the exact hotel that they stayed at in Bora Bora. It's their entire thing. And it's through Omaze. So if you go onto Omaze's website, you just O-M-A-Z-E, and you search Comments by Celebs, you can pay however much you want for, for one entry. So it's like, I think $10 is one entry, da 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 there's a chance that you win, and if you don't win, the money goes to charity, and I got to choose the charity, and I chose Gilda's Club, which is—it's in New York, and it's basically um, a place for social and emotional kind of healing for people and families that are going through cancer. And I, it resonated with me because, as you guys know, obviously my mom passed away from cancer last year, and my mom's sister, my aunt, who 
her best friend in the entire world was really broken. And one-on-one therapy wasn't working so well for her. And so she went to Gilda's Club. And it the grief group every single week sitting with people who also were affected by cancer really changed her. And it was one of the only things I think that got her through my mom's passing. So the fact that I was like, wait a second, we can send one of our fucking followers to Bora Bora to the exact location that Kim lost her earrings and I can support Gilda's Club. And I feel like in a way it's honoring my mom. Like, this is so my dream win, win, win. It's the best case scenario. It's literally best case scenario. So go to omaze.com, search comps by celebs. Um, we're going to put the links in our stories and stuff in a couple of days, but I just want to tell you guys first, we're going to post about it on our grid. If you see the post, please comment on it. It would make me really happy. Um, yeah, that's what it, we're going to tell them, right? Yeah, I'm just so excited We obviously get this. nothing from it. It literally all goes to charity, but we're just so, so, so excited. I'm so excited that we're doing this. I'm so happy. Me too. Thank you, Omaze. Um, okay, anything else? That's it for this week, kid. Okay, we will see you guys tomorrow for our episode with Nikki Glazer and Full Kardashian Recap, the whole nine, and then we'll see you again next week. Love you guys. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile it helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.